Welcome to Frontier Investigates, brought to you by Frontier Current Affairs, the frontier of a new generation. Today we'll be looking at the future of US-Chinese relations and whether China has the capability to call itself a world superpower. I'm Drummond Begin, and this is Frontier Investigates. The race between China and the US is one that has been the centre of debate for a good part of the last decade and has been the focal point in the last two US elections, with 45th President Donald Trump entering into a trade war with his opposite number across the Pacific. Despite recent claims, the rise of China is nothing new and, in fact, this most recent rise after the great financial crash of 2008 is more of a resurgence than anything else. Despite China's growing global influence, some international relations theorists argue that this resurgence of Chinese influence is not a sign of this communist nation becoming a superpower comparable to the likes of the United States and claim that China lacks the ambition to become a global superpower and instead has decided to focus their efforts on the Indo-Pacific region instead. This episode of Frontier Investigates will examine China and the United States through the lens of three key areas that fundamentally characterize a superpower. These are military capability, economic and diplomatic capability, as well as technological capability. Part 1. Military Capabilities There is a key military concept that allows the United States to fundamentally maintain its position as a military superpower. This is command of the sea, command of space, command of the air, and finally infrastructure of command. Chiefly, China lacks all four. However, this is not an oversight on China's behalf, and in fact it was intended to be this way. The 1970s saw China introduce the four modernizations, which consisted of development across most sectors, but military development was saved for last. Since the beginning of the 21st century, we have witnessed China's military expenditures grow exponentially compared to the United States' sharp decline in the same sector since the turn of the Great Financial Crash of 2008. Despite this, the overall gap in the military realm remains unprecedented in modern international relations. The lack of spending on military equipment displays how far China is behind becoming a superpower. However, no matter how much capital you throw at a product, it still needs to function. The average turnaround in the Western Hemisphere for new military equipment, from research and development to the final product, is roughly 20 years. However, in China, the quality of their military equipment is low and out of date compared to the United States and most other Western nations. China is now only capable of building nuclear attack submarines that are merely comparable to the ones that the United States built in the 1950s. Further to this, Chinese-built fighter jets, such as the J-20, have engines which often cannot manage to take off with a full tank of fuel or with a full weapons payload from their aircraft carrier which was only built in 2013. The Chinese military industrial complex has only proved to demonstrate very few capacities for designing and producing what can only be described as a relatively advanced military system. With an ever-diversified marketplace, it is much harder to turn economic wealth into military might. Countries are no longer building from scratch and are competing to catch up with leading nations. The US defense budget outweighs any other US budget for, say, education or welfare. Further to this, 
the United States allocates more of their economic revenue towards their defence budget than any other NATO member. The United States has been dramatically building its defence budget for the latter part of the 20th century. Despite this, the United States cutting their defence budget in 2010, it still has, is the world's largest defence budget, with thousands of bases around the world. On the other hand, China has only one overseas base. It is clear that China's military capabilities are by no means comparable to the military might of the United States, and in no way are China militarily capable of challenging the United States on the world stage. China cannot compete with, let alone replace, the United States as a superpower in the way that the Soviet Union had been able to counter the US in the past. Certainly in the military realm, the re-emergence of a bipolar international system is incredibly unlikely, from inefficient liquid-fuel-powered intercontinental ballistic missiles to a very small green water navy. China's ability to counter the strength of the United States is limited, which would uh, which support the claims of Xi Jinping, who asserts that China lacks the gene to seek hegemony, and who also noted that there is a growing trend towards a multipolar world. Fundamentally, China is seeking to control the South China Sea, and if it can, the whole Indo-Pacific region, by blatantly militarizing it. This would serve China not only as a possible superpower, but rather as a militaristic, economic and technological force that has enough sway in the region to effectively offset any potential involvement in the area. Part 2. Economic and Diplomatic Capability Gross domestic product, or GDP, is the way in which economists measure the economic output of any given state. It is often the case that the larger the GDP, the better the country. However, as international relations theorists point out, GDP is merely a measure of economic output. And when the international system is dominated by globalism, GDP tends to become less important. This is especially the case in China, where the majority of their GDP is derived from private multinational companies, and therefore their figures are indeed skewed. Since the great financial crash, Unlike most Western countries, China's GDP has been increasing steadily, growing closer to the United States, with Chinese GDP increasing from 4.5% in 2000 to 11.3% in 2014. Despite the many internal struggles of China's society, the country still cannot escape the middle income trap that affects most Western states. It is only a matter of time before the Chinese economy begins to slow. What GDP fails to account for is the power gap between both the US and China. If we take shareholders of global firms and institutions, US shareholders retain a large percentage of the world's leading firms. Further to this, over 40% of the world's household assets are held by Americans which demonstrates the sheer global power that the United States has. China's lack of environmental protection, which has led to an overestimation of their economic growth, which subsequently will affect their ability to invest in the likes of military and technological capabilities. A number of organizations have analyzed what percentage of the GDP should be allocated to the environment 
and how it would affect the rate of economic growth. Originally in 2004, the Chinese Communist Party proposed a conservative estimate that economic growth would be adversely affected by only 3% because of environmental factors, which in turn would result in the net growth declining from 10% to only 7%. However, other reports suggest that this was an overestimation and that a 10% decline in growth because of investment in environmental protection was much more likely, thus resulting in zero economic growth. Further to this, the World Bank suggested that the environmental question would affect the GDP by closer to 12%, meaning an overall decline in growth, thus suggesting that there is a potential for China's GDP to sharply decline in the years to come. On the other hand, China's economy is only starting to take off, with the likes of the Belt Road Initiative, which has invested $400 billion in countries since its incarnation in 2013. So far, 86 countries and organizations have signed up to over 100 related cooperation agreements. Although there are economic benefits to this, Chinese officials have also successfully attached diplomatic clauses to such agreements that further give them control in the Indo-Pacific region. This is known as the A2AD doctrine or the Anti-Access Area Denial, which fundamentally signs countries up to deny the existence of states such as Taiwan. This policy, although it does not put China on the same playing field as the US, it does give the country an enormous amount of clout. Part 3. Technological Capabilities Technological capabilities help influence both military might and economic wealth. There is a perceived view that China has the upper hand in this sector, and some theorists are willing to believe this claim, suggesting that China is trying to shape the rules governing new technology in ways that favour its own companies, legitimising its use for domestic surveillance and weakening the voice of civil society groups that inform debate about it in Europe and North America. This form of surveillance is potentially detrimental to Western ideals. Further to this, China's expenditure on research and development is rapidly increasing, from just 25 billion in 2000 to over 200 billion in 2011. Compared to this exponential leap in China, the United States' investment in research and development has grown from 260 billion to just 425 billion in the same time period. However, some argue that China's technological capacity must be measured using high technology exports, as it is foreign multinational corporations that actually drive these large exports, and thus it is the United States which leads technological innovation, and that China is merely an importer of said technologies. The gap between the two countries is so large that the process to close said gap would be an extremely lengthy process. The United States has an exclusive balance between large-scale technological prowess and being a long-term feature of their distribution capabilities. Despite China trying to shape the rules of their technological capabilities in terms of output, the United States has more technological capabilities readily available to them. As a result, this further allows the United States' economic and military capabilities to further grow, thus becoming more advanced and thus widening the overall gap between the United States and China. By widening the gap between the two nations, 
it further proves that China is not yet equipped to become a superpower, and certainly not one that will be able to rival the United States anytime soon. Realist theory is better at saying what will happen than saying when it will happen. Chinese resurgence was inevitable. 10 of 13 Chinese dynasties are older than the entire history of the United States itself, and China was the most technologically advanced state prior to 1500. However, it is a long way off becoming a superpower. China's leaders have failed to articulate a vision to become a global superpower that is beneficial for anyone other than China. Whereas, on the other hand, the United States has always expressed an interest in preserving democracy and Western ideals, and thus gives some credence to become a superpower. However, in order to maintain this mantra, the United States must be prepared to continue this legacy. Because China may not have the ability to become a superpower anytime soon, does not mean that it cannot have some global influence, most notably in the South China Sea. The United States needs to reconsider its grand strategy so as to remain a dominant power. Nonetheless, claims that China will soon displace the United States are false. Although the US are not exponentially growing at the same rate as China, it still has a long way to go before it can even begin to call itself a superpower. Additionally, it has become a lot harder for nations to turn their economic wealth into military might due to the long-standing size and strength of competitors like the United States. Fundamentally, China has a long road ahead before it can be dubbed a superpower. And for now, the only nation with the capabilities to meet the criteria of a superpower is the United States. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of Frontier Investigates. If you're not already, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. Make sure to subscribe so that you can keep up to date with our weekly podcast. Frontier Current Affairs. The frontier of a new generation.